Welcome to the Movement is Medicine show. Today is the episode you've been waiting for. If you have low back pain, this is the show you want to tune into because it's the low back show. Welcome, everybody. How you guys doing? Doing good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So low back is, from what I understand, one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive physical ailment in the world. I love that. <laughs> Best intro ever. <laughs> but but a grim topic because it's true. A low back pain in the US is I think it's the third most expensive thing. Like insurance is dishing out the most dollars for low back pain over 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 diabetes. I mean what a shocking thing, right? I mean we see a lot of it in the clinic definitely. But it's 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 most expensive in this country because we're doing so much imaging and so much like high level medical intervention for low back pain, right? A lot of MRIs, injections, imaging, et cetera, emergency room visits, um, all of that type of stuff. So I think, I think, um, I think low back pain is interesting because the research has really indicated uh, how important simple strengthening is when it comes to low back pain. But obviously as a, as a, as a team, we know that there's, there's so much complexity to that discussion. Yeah. Right. And as like just to clear it up, like what are the top two? Heart disease and cancer. Well, really expensive. Uh, yeah, really expensive. <laughs> so the fact that low back pain is up there is yeah shows it's a really big issue. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a it's a it's a huge issue. And you know, I I was just sharing with you guys a recent seminar I went to um, where they really just discussed how mismanaged it is, right? And mm-hmm. and 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 it really tied that in with the fact that we're in a we're in a, a movement disability crisis in this country. So I think we talked about this on the Industrious podcast about really 50% of people um, are not doing any form of movement at all. So it's desk to couch type of lifestyle, Mm -hmm. which is um, so incredibly hard on the low back, right? Sitting is the new smoking, right? Mm -hmm. We've all heard that, that quotation. And, and it's, in my mind, in my mind, it's completely true. I mean, the low back is, is absolutely not designed to sit for long periods of time. Um, it puts our anatomy and in, into a, a very compromised position with with uh, shortened hip flexors and yep. that sort of C-shaped position of our lumbar spine, mm-hmm. yeah. which is really detrimental on yeah. on the structures of the low back, including the disc. Right, and even like takes away all the power from the core as well. You're not able when you're sitting; it's very hard to actually engage your core, yeah. at least in its full potential. Well, especially with the way that everybody sits now. I mean, you know, it's not like everybody's sitting with great posture or like thinking about their ergonomics when they're sitting at a desk at a computer or anything like that. Like it is that C-saved spine that you're talking about. So a lot of muscles become overactive. A lot of muscles become underactive. All of those are contributing to low yeah. back pain. And fortunately, like you, like you already touched upon, like people not moving, it's the human body is an, if you don't use it, you lose it type of system. Like if you're not using the motion, uh, most times of the week, you're probably going to lose that motion eventually. And that is what's going to predispose you to like having an event where you hurt your back. Yeah. And I think, you know, we see it all the time as clinicians, right? That low back people are like, I don't know where this came from. Yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah, I don't know where this came from. I just, yeah. I just, uh, I just reached down to put my laundry in the, in, yeah. in, in, in the laundry. No, it's always something and, and my back went. I picked up some Legos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the issue anatomically wise, uh, just to to show the patient or tell the patient there's, if you look at the anatomy, there's two strong muscles supporting the spine internally that a lot of uh, physicians, they forget. They just look at the back, they touch you back, but nobody touched the iliopsoas muscles, never. The hip flexors. I had the hip flexors, yeah. The hip flexors, 
they are the only two muscles that support your posture. And you beat them up by sitting, you beat them up by picking up heavy items with no biomechanic, and come to you like, I don't know what I do. So, like in thoracic area, upper body, we have a rib cage that support the spine. And from hip, we have bones support the legs and the hip. But from thoracic area to the sacrum, we have only five vertebrae that supported by two hip flexors that are very strong in the body. And that's misdiagnosis because they just look, oh, I have a pain in my leg, must be disc. But they forget the musculotone issue. Right. Yeah, I think we were just, you know, we were talking about that earlier about um, about that misdiagnosis piece, really, about understanding, like, what's really happening in the low back and how at Head to Toe we really have, most of us go in with a working hypothesis. And often we find it that that move, that lack of core, certainly core being that whole cylinder that surrounds our, our mid-body, um, lack of core and then, and then lack of movement in both the upper back and in the hips, creating maybe potentially excessive movement through the low back, which is really not designed to have a great deal of movement. It's a stable area of our body, and it needs to be supported by a mobile hip and a mobile upper back. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love the point you're making too there, Saeed, because from a patient side of things, where I actually was treated for some low back pain, it doesn't, that low back pain shows up like in your low back, right? So it doesn't show up in your hips or wherever, you know what I mean? That's why I think the thing with low back pain is like, that's where it hurts, you know? And like, as you try to do something, that's where you have this intense pain. And even if it's a chronic and ongoing issue, which is what I had kind of a chronic low grade back pain, I was never thinking hips, but it was entirely hips. Like I didn't, I didn't, maybe I had a little bit of degenerative disc or maybe a little bit of ball, you know, because it's like probably like we talked about in the shoulder episode at some point in your life, you probably have a little bit of degenerative disc action going on, just the nature of the wear and tear on the body. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was entirely the hips, hips being super tight pulling things out of alignment, pulling, messing things up. And once that issue was calibrated and fixed, and once I was giving a series of corrective exercises that I literally do all the time now, uh, gone. Like, it blew me away. I was, I was, it was almost, it was crazy. It was, it was black magic. <laughs> I know. I wish that Dr. Bruce was on the show today, but he's, he's on holiday because I still remember that really well, Barry, because we'd first started working together and, um, and, and I could see your eyes thinking, I, I have a disc, right? I don't remember what we were doing. We were having a disc discussion. You're like, I, I think I have a disc. I have a disc. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I had like like spinal cancer or something. <laughs> I was like, I, I listen. I've been on. I've been on online. I think it's. I think it's back cancer. That's what, what I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, totally. yeah. Like everything's just like too much. Yeah, it's a, totally. Yeah. A little mildly hypochondriac. You know, it's like a little bit too paranoid, but. No, so I think you're bringing up a really great point that when it comes to assessing and understanding what's going on with the low back, that there's oftentimes a referral network there and some other things happening that we need to look at in order to understand how we're going to treat that, how we're going to leave that, and that we have both the event-driven stuff that you guys are talking about, like there's a precipitating event, like I bend over or I lift a heavy weight or I do this weird movement or I just do some movement and I have a pain, but that stands directly against really just what is that everyday misuse or in some cases underuse or not using at all all, right they use it or lose it thing and so it you know the body becomes weak Mm -hmm. and when it's weak then it's open to injury correct 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that kind of segues us perfectly into like, what is the lower back? Like, what comprises lower back injury? I mean, there's the core itself, whether it's underactive. There's the hips and their mobility as well. Um, I would say even thoracic mobility. If you're not rotating up top when you walk or run or throw, um, your hips are either going to move excessively or they're going to be really stiff, and you're going to have excessive movement in the knees. Um, and another another thing is really, um, and during my experience I had with my patients, is that I pay a lot of uh, attention to patient history. And that was, I had an experience with the patient. She, she has low back and she got treated and they did some MRI in her hip, thinking her hip, maybe some, uh, bursitis or something. They try guessing. And one time I tell her what's, what's going on. It's like, well, you know, a couple, uh, years ago, 18 months exactly, matter of fact, uh, she fell and her ankle got injured and she started limping and that leaned to the, imbalance in her low back and is still using when you see her shoes they are run out from the side Mm -hmm. you see exactly how you know um how she does so that goes from her ankle up to her low back and all those orthopedics they're just focusing on her hip so but i think the key of history and a good assessment that leaned exactly to correct what the cause not what the symptoms and Mm -hmm. they all three symptoms and it was successfully treatment i i mean uh, i wish she would be here she would tell you by herself what's going on and Again, that ankle uh, trauma caused pain in her low yeah. back, and she couldn't hike anymore. Yeah. No, it was months after the fact, huh? Hmm? Yeah. The low back pain was months after the fact, after the initial yeah. assault on the ankle. Exactly. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point, just in the fact that like a lot of people, I think, with low back pain or any pain in any area of the body, they think it's coming from that particular area of the body. And like we're talking about hips, hip flexors, everything like that. Like, yes, those obviously tie into low back a lot, but even all the way down to the feet, like the way that you walk, if you have an arch that's collapsed or anything like that, yeah. it can transmit all the way up because it's throwing off the way that you walk. It's throwing off the way that your posture is and all these different muscles all the way up the chain, all the way through your leg into your low back have to work differently now. Correct. And these yeah. become like habitual things that you're doing throughout your day. And eventually, yeah, it's going to precipitate as low back pain, but it started as a completely different issue. And I think that's, you know, an area that you know, I think we do a really good job of yeah. head to toe. And I can agree with that. Like the feet are the first thing to contact, to have contact with the ground. So yeah. that's going to send upstream these signals like, hey, glute, fire a little bit or lateral stabilizers, fire so that you don't fall. Because yeah. otherwise, right. if yeah. your feet aren't communicating upstream, then, then you do you just fall. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. 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 And then let's not forget about breathing. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, no one, I mean, really, people aren't breathing. We all breathe, obviously, because yeah. we're alive. But I mean, I know that all of you, when a patient walks in the room, we're looking at everything, right? It mm-hmm. starts the moment people get out of the waiting room chair and start walking to the assessment room. But we're as they're sitting there talking to you about their history of their complaint, which is so important. I agree, Saeed, so much. But we're watching how they're breathing. Right. Because so many people are breathing just through their, their upper, yeah, the upper part of their, mm-hmm. their chest and, mm-hmm. and shoulders. And they're not, and if they're not breathing through their diaphragm and they're, they're not going to be able to utilize, utilize their core anyway. Well, yeah. And that plays into, that's the reason why sitting is the new smoking. All that rounding forward. We're, we're essentially depriving our lungs and our ribs of motion. So we're not actually pulling in a full breath. Um, and then we can get into other things like subclinically pulling in like a, an, suboptimal amount of oxygen like Mm -hmm. that alone can can cause you to feel more fatigue Um, Mm -hmm. so your posture does play a lot bigger role than people actually like give it credit for it's such a yeah and if i also further look for more causes what it causes it's like hey what happened to your nutrition i mean adding breathing and nutrition plus a bad biomechanic plus helping your sister pick up heavy boxes 
I don't know where it comes from. So what you know where it comes from is a chain of accumulation of you're not eating healthy. So, and I'm trying to teach the patient is like where the muscle gets oxygen from. There's two, two ways, food and breathing. And that muscle need to eat. If that muscle, again, eat, mean eccentric, concentric, if he doesn't strain tight, loosen up, he will not get his nutrition. And if he does have nutrition, he don't ask him to do too much job. <laughs> so yeah. I cannot just fix your thing because you need to look at the back and you say, hey, where is my nutrition? Where is my lifestyle? Where is, uh, you know, emotion plays a huge role. Depression, play, you know, a lot of things going Stress. on in our brain. So if you don't have Stress. that looking for that mode to to feed the muscles correctly in a naturally uh, life, then don't expect the body to do something you're asking for. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And, you know, the muscles are fed by blood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bringing in that oxygen. And, and I think that's one of the reasons we've had such great luck with, with our really advanced soft tissue work that we do at the clinic because we are bringing blood to those vital structures in the low back and in the hip flexors. And no matter what injury you have, no matter, no matter Absolutely. what, no matter what Yeah, I mean, the tissues uh, require that yeah. and they require proper fiber orientation and they require good nervous system, blood flow. And if, if they're shortened and fibrotic, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to function properly to support the hip, the low back or anything else. Yeah, I've had a, I had a professor say, well, we, we started, I've called the podcast Movement is Medicine, but I we used to have a professor at New York Chiropractic College that say movement is life. As soon as yeah. you stop moving, you stop living. Um, if you can think Pretty about much. like a stream that gets cut off from the rest of the river, eventually that water starts to decay and become decrepit, things die in it. Um, and it's the same thing with the human body. As soon as we stop moving, especially through our full potential, we start yeah. to, I guess, decline. Yeah. And I feel like that with the low back pain that we've been talking about, I think... You know, a lot of people, when they start to have low back pain, um, especially for a longer period of time, or even at the beginning, you know, when it's really acute, just flares up, a lot of people think that what they should do is just stop, like stop moving, Mm -hmm. rest, lay down, sit down, whatever it is. When in reality, that's probably one of the worst things you could do now, depending on the injury, of course, but motion is medicine. Like we've been talking about. Yeah. If you can get a walk in or get in the pool then yeah. you're going to be further ahead of the game. Definitely get in the pool. Yeah, the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the experience that we have or that, that I've seen, and again, you know, pulling this back to my own life and my own relationships, but my wife's mother has had a lot of physical situations going on. And she's like in her early 60s, right? But the experience for her is almost like, what's going on? My body is failing me. It's like breaking down on me. Like it's, it's, it's almost like the body's betraying you, you know, because we take our body for granted and we, you know, we're not given a user manual or any of this stuff. We're not, we don't walk around. I mean, we're sitting here with a room of experts on movement and the human function, but for the rest of us, we don't walk around with that body of knowledge in our head. Your body is given to you, you know, and you just develop these habits and these movement patterns over time that become invisible to you. Mm-hmm. And so at one, some point, this whole invisible stuff that's all happening, your nutrition, your stress, your lifestyle, how you sit, your posture, your stand, you know, how you move, all this stuff, it just creeps up on you and you have this experience like, oh, boom, my body's betraying me. It's breaking down. It's failing me. And it's doing so with more and more regularity. So it's like the yeah. car's breaking down over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to compare it. Like your body is your vehicle. That is, it's carrying you around from place to place so that right. you can do things that yourself really wants. Mm-hmm. Um, to, you can attain goals that you're, you're shooting for. Yeah. Um, so like a vehicle, you would do the oil changes. You would rotate the Change tires. You would do everything necessary to keep that car fit because it's going to help you do the functions that you need to do on your day-to-day. Yeah, isn't it profound that 
that notion that our body's failing us. Yeah, I mean, right. we, I, we, I know we all hear that all the time and people don't understand, especially of the older generation. They don't understand why, why is this happening to me? Well, what, you know, and we, and we wonder like, have you had massage chiropractic? Do you take care of your bodies? Do you exercise? And what's, you know, Oh no, <laughs> but it, it is, it is. It's yeah. just truly an amazing yeah. thing. So well, the same, the same, I'm going to add what you just saying, interrupt you. Sorry. And like a marathon runner. So you want to run marathon, right? How many months you train to run marathon? Simple. Months on months to be able to, to run 42K. But here we go. You never prepare. You never practice. And I said, okay, I'm standing in line to run marathon. For us, life is marathon. For that patient, life is marathon. If you don't give the body some rest and nutrition and all what it needs, you're not going to run that 30, 40 years after that. That's it. Simple. Yeah. It's spot on. You know, it is spot on. And, and, you know, Lee, also, you made me think of something, too, which was that, um, you know, we have goals in our life, right? And we have things that we want to achieve. Uh, but oftentimes, that is counterbalanced against an endless to-do list and a, a crazy amount of stress and long workload and lots of obligations. So I think sometimes when it comes to our body, it's like we do just want to unplug. We do want to rest. We do want to yeah. get on the couch. You know, we do want to lay in yeah. the bed. We don't want to move because in the moment, the idea of going and doing something, even something as simple as a walk, can seem really hard and it kind of seems sucky. Yeah. And yet sure. that's the thing that we need to do. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's just balancing out that emotional and mental stress with the physical stress. Um, yeah. A lot of people... Every day to day, you go. To, you're gonna go. When every time you go to work, you go through that mental stress. Um, you kind of have to ramp it up with the physical stress afterwards and kind of meet it. So life is balanced. Yeah, I love that. I think I think exercise can mean different things for different people. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that to a certain extent, if you have a high level of stress in your life um, and your cortisol's either low or high, and your adrenals are are sacked out, and then you go and beat yourself up as hard as you can at the gym, that's also not going to be beneficial for you. Right, it's too yeah. much for your body, right? So I think there's different paths for different people. And I but you know, it's accountability and, mm-hmm. and being true to yourself. Yeah, right. where, where would we say is the place to start? So if you have a current low back issue, um, and I know we have a ton of phenomenal resources on our patient portal, uh, on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook, uh, we, we really have some incredible resources. But I mean, where would you guys say is a good starting spot for someone who's right now listening to this maybe and they are, they're sitting in the car, right? They're riding, they're, they're feeling guilty the whole time. They're stuck in the car, going to their office, you know, got, they know they're going to be sitting there too. And they're having some of that low back pain. Where Where's the right place to get going on that healing journey? Well, before yeah. that, I say prevention is better than healing. Let's put it that way. You know, if yeah. you sit in the car, you're doing something. Hey, you're driving three hours, make a stop, have a rest, stretch, and you can further. You right. maybe lose five minutes, but it's, you lose a lot. Of, you, you gain a lot of money for paying doctors and visits. So I think prevention is better than healing. Do something you like. You know, uh, take, go outdoor. If you don't like outdoor, find indoor something. Find something you really enjoy. And that happiness, it will affect your body somehow. That's the first start for me. I will advise my patient. Well, yeah, I agree. And I, I think that I love that prevention is the best thing you can do. Um, but I would say that if, if your low back is hurting and it's been hurting for a while and it's one of these reoccurrent chronic things you feel all the time, um, I do think it's time to go to an expert and, yeah. and really, we talked about that diagnostic hypothesis and I think it's, it's really important to start down the right track yeah. because the low back is, 
we've talked about some some simple implications on the low back, but it's it, incredibly complex. Yeah. Um, and I really think it's important to get that correct sort of hy- hypothesis, that diagnosis, so that you can start working down the right pathway. So I could say, come see us at Head to Toe. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's, yeah. And I would say that. Like, that's realistically the first thing I would recommend to somebody is go see a manual therapist. Like, yeah. whether that's a chiropractor, massage therapist, a PT, or a physiatrist, um, or even a naturopath. Like, yeah. you need to go see somebody that's willing to put their hands on you and actually yeah. investigate. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to play a guessing game. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, especially if you if you haven't been to a therapist before, manual therapist, chiropractor, PT, whatever it is, and you don't already have strategies in place for a similar type of pain that you've had before, if this is low back pain that you never had before, it really is like, you really do need to go see a specialist. Like, you know, I mean, we're going to give you the tools that you'd need to one, get out of pain, but then stay out of pain after that. But you know, like we just talked about before shoulder, low back, anything like that, it's complex. There's a lot of moving pieces, um, going into that and getting a correct diagnosis is huge. So that you can kind of move forward with care from there. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, don't suffer in silence. Don't walk around thinking that you yeah. have spinal cancer. Yeah. You probably don't. You know, here's the deal. <laughs> get in, get some help, get a clear understanding of where you are today and a path to get to where you want to be, which is doing all the things that you love, which is being out there, being active, and having a body that can bring you to all of the cool things that you want to do and achieve and have in your life which is why we believe that movement is the best medicine. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another show. We're looking forward to get you on the next one. Until then, move pain-free and be amazing. We will catch you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thank you. you.